listener discretion. Firstly, in any of the stories that we cover in this episode, any of the humour will never be aimed towards any of the victims. Secondly, any impressions that are done are only done for the purpose of humour and mean no offence. Now, on with the episode. It's Grandad. And Bud. And Badger. And you are joining us on episode six, I want to say, maybe, of Better Show. Uh, crack your neck all the way back, look up to the stars, put on your tinfoil hat, because it's going to be a better show. So you're joined today by Grandad once again. Welcome to Better Show. Put on your tinfoil hat, look to the stars, because today is going to be a better show. Oh, I just clicked my neck and it felt fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about those like really long stretches where you like nearly dislocate your arm but you don't it's mm. just like yeah that's that's good i can't oh, crack any bones like in my body thing. i don't know i don't know what it is <laughs> i've never you can't been crack bones in your body no i can't i i've never been able to do like the clicking thing or anything like not in my oh, neck or my hands or anything i think when i when i'm finally able to do it it'll be like having the world's best ejaculation Okay, um, okay. Here, here's a here's a funny story. When I was um, back at uni, when I I tried a, a Tinder date, I actually did a Tinder thing, and it was really funny because like you know you say it's all casual at first, but then it's like it's not. Go to this girl's house, and I find out that one of the things that really really fucked her off like was clicking. Like uh, any form of clicking, so like even if I was just to stretch, if I am to stretch, something will click, like a hundred percent guaranteed. And she'd be like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "This is not going to fucking work at all." You know those old Victorian toys that was like a stick with like the weird wooden thing that you spin around and clicks and clacks. Oh, oh yeah. god. I can click in places you would never dream of. <laughs> I found out I could click my sternum when I was trying to click my back at school. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> You're a human xylophone. Oh, I hate it, but I love it. Because <laughs> when, I, when I literally pop, I cannot stop. I have to get everywhere done until I can be satisfied. <laughs> Amazing. So um, while we're talking about Tinder dates, I've brought up a couple of stories that I've got as well on that front. So cool. one of them was that I was talking to a um, a girl way back when, and uh, she seemed nice and she had coloured hair and coloured hair's fun. And then she said, oh, you know, like in the bedroom, I like I like to cut people. And my response wasn't like, OK, bye. My response was how deep? And apparently she wasn't she wasn't in- impressed by the fact that I was asking her questions. She didn't want me to question her. <laughs> but there was a, there was another story that was going around, and I don't know whether you guys have heard it, because apparently everyone has. But um, there was... A, and apparently this this is a friend of a friend of one of my friends. And, oh, here we go. Yeah, I know, right? And, um, and she was on a Tinder date with this guy, and everything was going fine until it came round to... Um, to to the meal and the drink that he got her made her feel sick and I think she went into the loo and she was ill and she came back out and she wanted to go home and the guy was quite insistent about taking her home but she figured that something had gone awry with her drink and didn't want him to take her home but he was still quite insistent and he started to get quite physical about it and two guys noticed that this was going on and I think they managed to chase the guy off if memory serves but so she she got back into um, 
she got back home, but she also called the police. And when the police investigated this guy's apartment, this guy had covered the walls and ceiling and floor with that classic uh, white plastic, white sheet plastic. Ooh, serial killer room. Yes. And apparently he'd done it to at least four other victims. Ooh, dang. So, so yeah. Always be wait, careful wait. when you're on your dates. Uh, that's wait, wait, why... Wait. I, I, he confirmed, like, you know, murderer and shit? Yeah, at that point, Ooh. after that, yeah. Because I think it, it, that was one part of the puzzle that added to an ongoing investigation. Ah, oh, right, right. Um, but yeah, so th- 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 there's that. Um, but there's, there was another story that I wanted to cover quickly today, which um, has actually happened in my local area, which I think is quite fun. Before we get on to our main topic of the show, um, when I say it's quite fun, it's probably quite distressing for the individual. I was about was... to say, I'm <laughs> waiting for the definition of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll see. So um, there was a young lady who was on her way back from London and um, she got off at Bexley Heath Railway Station, which if you don't know it, it's in Kent. And um, on one of the main London lines. And she she got off and on one side of the station, there's what looks like, um, I guess, a timber yard. And standing just outside of this timber yard was this man who was staring very bizarrely at her. Um, she walked past him and then walked up the hill heading home but then was very aware that someone was following her. She didn't, as far as the story goes, she didn't speed up, but this guy got closer and closer to her. And when she turned around to confront him, he had his uh, penis out and he was vigorously (laughs) masturbating. Um, But he walked past her whilst masturbating and then took the turning that she'd planned to take on her way home. She waited for a little bit and then concluded that he must have gone took the turning herself, but then saw that he was still there. He gave chase to her, and she then resulted to having to run in front of a bus to stop the bus. Then the bus driver uh, called the police, took a description, and I guess then the police are out looking for this this nighttime wanker. Or as we call him, the Bexley Heath Tosser. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's pretty fun, not gonna lie. I, I, yeah, I'd describe that as fun. Uh, I mean... Badger's form of fun is triggering autistic people with pizza slices. (laughs) They're so triangular. Full disclosure. (laughs) He refers to myself and him. (laughs) So so just as a fun little game, every time he comes around and I ask him if he wants a pizza, obviously you have to cut your pizza so you have like a pizza slicer, right? I'll ask him how many does he want his pizzas cut into. Yeah, and I wait for a number, and then find a way to cut the pizza so that none of the slices are even, but it has the number of slices that he asked. Oh so, wow! So the first time he said, because I had no idea what he was doing, he just said from the kitchen, "Give me a number." So I was like, "Okay, three." Like between, I think it was between one and eight. So I was like yeah. three. So I was like two small slices and then a whole half <laughs> and then the second time the second time I was like right I'm not falling for this shit again so I said hey somehow I still fucked it <laughs> I managed to I did one basically a Pac-Man shape and then <laughs> one of them cut in half so that was a slice that was like two halves it was such fucking um, bullshit yeah. <laughs> an ongoing fun game I like to do yesterday. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> so as I said at the beginning of the episode, we must crane our heads to the sky with our tinfoil hats because tonight we are talking about space. Oh. It is the final frontier. Space. Um, but something that I want to um, find out whether you guys believe in or not. So say you are in a, a uh, space shuttle and you've just blasted off from Earth and you've yeah. gone through the atmosphere and you're, you're circular, you're, you're, you're in Earth's orbit and you look back at Earth, what do you see? I see civilization. Cool. What else? I see curvature of the Earth, hopefully. Thank God! Uh, <laughs> fuck you, flat earthers, and your fucking bullshit. Yeah, so I watched... I, I'll send it to you guys at some point. There is a... It must be at least two hours. It went on forever. A two-hour documentary following the Flat Earth... The Flat Earthers Society. I think it's in Florida. And there are hundreds of these people that believe that the Earth is flat and that it, we are in some kind of dome. I just, I just don't get it. And their, their yeah, reasoning... It, I was only half listening to it, but one of their reasons was if you go on Flight Tracker, you can't see the planes disappear off the side and then reappear on the other side, therefore the Earth is flat. No. no. <laughs> it's, what? <laughs> what the hell? You have to remember, like... Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not justifying So, People will believe anything they want to believe, providing that, you know, if you look for something, you'll you'll find it, no matter... Like, you will always find something. the slightest inkling that you I might be right, then yeah, you'll believe it. The most ridiculous bit I heard from them was where they said, oh, the reason why the Earth looks round when you look at it from afar, say, for instance, the curvature lines that you see when you're in an airplane or if you're in space and you're looking down, you see it round. Apparently, that is to do with the way that the light bends and the fact that your eyes are globes. Well, that would also kind of contradict them, wouldn't it? Because if they're saying that there's, like, some... That, that would be admitting that there is some form of curvature if light bends... Right. Well, no, they then, said, said it's right. flat. Said it's a disc. So you know, it's a disc. <laughs> well, I think right, yeah, I think my main problem it. with the whole flat Earth thing is that I'm 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 definitely going to be looking into Pirates of the Caribbean three as a reference here. But with the edge of the Earth, if that is indeed a thing, which by the way it isn't, you would have torrents and torrents of water pouring off of that. The Earth doesn't give enough water back from yeah. natural springs no, in order to replenish uh, that. That's gravity. That's what gravity is for. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, it transfer. It's like um, it's like a waterfall that does basically a U-turn onto the other side of the Earth, <laughs> the Earth disk. So the water is going around the entire planet. It's just you know it's not falling off like those idiots believe. You know. God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it was falling off, then I'm pretty sure we'd all be dead like millions of years ago. Yeah, and we'd ha- we'd have I mean, the we'd have the Noah Society being um, all up in people's grills, being like, "Oh no, you know, um, Free Willy the whale dropped off the edge of the planet. We haven't tracked him anymore because he gone." <laughs> I thought Free Willy killed himself. Um, so that was Flipper the dolphin. Oh, Flipper I'm the... pretty sure there was a killer whale that did though. Uh, possibly, um, yeah, I mean, when they're in captivity, I think all mammals that are aquatic have the ability to close up their blowhole and stop breathing. 
It is true, but like, you know what, I've had enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with most, I mean, I don't really want to go into that kind of stuff because I haven't yet seen Blackfish and I feel like I need to watch it to have a proper opinion. But, yeah. Um, I just, don't go around, like, I, I always look at it with a, kind of like a light heart. But I, lo- I love the idea of like a dolphin or a killer whale that's kind of got the idea that it's like, right, give me a fish. They're like, no, it's like, all right then. <laughs> Make the world would not exist. <laughs> Give me a fish. No. They just like, no, we have fed you three times today. Oh, I could kill myself. <laughs> the, the reason why I bring it up is because humans, if you try and hold your breath, right, yeah. you can probably last a minute or so, but you get to a point where your natural instincts kick in. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. From that yeah. point, no. you, you you start breathing again. You start panicking. You're like, <laughs> like you know, well, you start you flailing. You, if you're, that. If you're <laughs> far enough underwater, you know, you you'll start kicking and splashing around, trying to get to the surface as quick as possible. It's like there's there's oh, there's a movie where there's this guy, you know, a guy just drowning and he's doing this thing. And he's like, he's he's way deep underwater. There's no way he can reach the surface in time. So he just gracefully, you know, lets himself drown. And it's like, no, yeah, that wouldn't happen. That's not possible. Like you, you, you wouldn't be sat still, even if you knew you were going to die and you made peace with it. Your body would fight it. Like, yeah, our, really um, hard. our natural survival instincts are just too strong for us to override oh. that. It's really horrific to think that because you, if you're drowning as well, right? Mm. You have you can try and drink the water. <laughs> <laughs> you can out you can out quantify the ocean. I'll drink the ocean before I drown. Right, if I drink it, it won't. But you do get to a point where you're no longer drinking it. It is just filling up your lungs, and I think that's a scary point. Like having being on that line is a, a very scary. Because you know how bad it is when you you're having a drink and you accidentally it. when it goes down the wrong fucking pipe. Yeah, it's like that's yeah, it's like, that is just proof. Like, I can just do that with saliva. I could be sitting there watching something, and I'm just like, and then, like, I'm coughing really fucking violently, and then I can't breathe for about 10 seconds. I'm like, but then there's, like, this pain in the back of my throat, and it's just kind of like, oh, shit, you know? Like, imagine if there was a whole body of water going inside you. Like, (laughs) no, thank you. (laughs) So, with... um... With space, Simon, um, uh, Badger, you sent me a uh, interesting article about a bizarre meteor that was yeah. discovered on one of our world's most powerful telescopes in 2017. I think it was October 19th it was first seen. Yeah. And it's said to be the first um, body of rock to enter our solar system, or at least the first one that we've seen. Yeah, I think there was there was one previously, but they couldn't kind of get an idea on what it was. Right. Um, but they, if I remember correctly, they said it was weird because generally when asteroids are moving uh, across solar systems as they're travelling, they go through natural forces. They're obviously, there's no wind, wind resistance and all the rest of it. It's basically a vacuum and a void. But as it's going, they don't take shapes. They are lumps. Um, so they are big circular rocks of just mass of various uh, different elements. Um, 
And the one that's coming this time, alongside the one that was originally apparently seen in the, in the past, they were tubular. If you see the picture, if you get a chance to look at it, it's cylindrical, yeah. but it's long as well. It's like a cigar, because um, I remember that you piped yeah. up with this information when we were talking about the, um, the UFOs, and I mentioned that quite a lot of them are reported as being cigar-shaped. Yeah, and this is this is matched its shape, but there's no uh, no evidence to show any reason as to why it is that shape. Like nothing should have made that happen, um, mm. which is why people think it could be uh, not man-made but alien-made. <laughs> I suppose with the the, the extraterrestrial-made ET ETM. This one. Mm. I think the thing that's most interesting about this, um, I can't remember what they called it, I think they called it I-1 because um, yeah. it was the first one that they not necessarily saw but confirmed and documented um, that it's on a slingshot course, it's going to go around or it is on the course of going round our sun and he's slingshotting and then we'll head back out of our um, our area of space and back out into uncharted territory Almost as if they were watching. Apparently... What I find interesting about this this particular asteroid, it's like yeah. um, on on the link that I'm seeing, I'm seeing like you know sort of like a an obvious graphic sort of rendition of the thing, and it's like how how big or like not how big, like what did what did this thing originally look like from the photos they gathered? Because surely it would be blurry as fuck, right? Like, yeah. It'd be just tiny little thing, depending on how far. Or how close the um wait did they was it a satellite like image that got it like it was um, a telescope image that got it yeah oh, so okay. that so... was back in 2017 and the documentary that i saw around it was also around about 2017 um, late december so i don't know whether they've picked up more information about it now but i know that the guy said in that documentary that following on from that a month later it would disappear from that telescope's view and then be out of sight but it would require a more powerful telescope to be able to see it again Huh. Yeah, so Which is a bit concerning when you've got the one of the biggest, most powerful telescopes originally available. <laughs> but it <laughs> is it is still quite far out. It's like so. Yeah. I want to say eighty thousand miles. It's it's quite far <sighs> out. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's pretty. I'd say that's pretty far. But so like, it's like with the whole when they got the black hole picture. You know that that was that shit was tiny they had to zoom in so far just to get like a picture of that mm. and it's the most pixelated thing ever right so it's like how can anyone tell that this asteroid well how can anyone come to the conclusion that it might be extraterrestrial of sorts like i think it's because of the really fact that it's on it's on a slightly different course to that of a standard asteroid so an asteroid would give off a smoke trail because of the ice around it um that's burning off in uh, in uh, the sun's gravitational field um but this isn't doing that and it's also giving off different light reflections at different times which uh scientists have put down to the fact that it's in a um a tumbling trajectory so it's not actually traveling like you would expect a spaceship to travel it's traveling and tumbling and spinning um which scientists have also speculated that it may have gone through some kind of collision with some other um some other body of rock or planet or whatever and that's why yeah. it's been sent on the trajectory that it has but i think what people can't quite fathom is why it's traveling at the speed that it is hmm. yeah 
That's quite interesting. And I imagine if it were to say hit Earth, it would be a pretty devastating event. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because it's not it's not travelling like a meteorite, it's also not shaped like a meteorite either. So if it was travelling, say, like like I said, like a spaceship would, then it would probably burn up in the atmosphere and hopefully burn up into harmless space dust. But because it's on a tumbling trajectory, I don't imagine it would burn up in the same way. Yeah. Because all the different but, surface areas would be re- re- would be receiving hot air, cold air, hot, hot air, bleh, hot air, cold air, and I don't think it would burn up in time in order to be safe. Yes. I don't it know. is a very odd shape. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, most most meteors I think of like you know just a just a lovely burning ball of rock. I'll still never forget the the meteor I saw. Couple yeah. of years ago, Ooh, tell us. meteor that was entering our atmosphere and breaking apart, bright golden orange, nice. flamey thing. It was small, but it was completely visible. It was a clear night, and mm. it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I still hope to this day to see another one. Nice. Was that the countryside that you had to go out to see that? Because I'm guessing with London's pollution and stuff. It was in Canterbury. Oh, okay. Um, and it was in this park all very close to the town center um but at night that park is it's a quite a large open area um but with not many buildings around so it's quite dark so you can see the stars from that particular spot which is lovely that's cool because i know despite the fact that canterbury is quite a lot I, i think it's classified as a city isn't it it is for some reason it is basically a fortress yeah. I, I believe it was a fortress there's this pub that has an old um in fact it's probably a spoon um there's <laughs> a paint there's this picture of like what old canterbury used to look like and it did have like a fortress around it so i guess city to some degree if we're talking medieval cities or something but yeah like uh, um it's basically a small village yeah or, or a rather big village i suppose i don't yeah, know it's, small it's town. mostly just it's mostly just country land on the outside. Like, yeah. like this tiny thing. Yeah, it's quite nice there, though. Mm. No, I can't say... I, I, I used to be very much into um, stargazing and things like that, but I can't say I ever saw anything on that level, so that's pretty cool. I, I, it's a, it, I suppose it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and you know, I've seen plenty of shooting stars. Yeah. You know, like, just got a... I mean, coming up to November now, and I'm pretty sure, like that's usually the month where there's loads of them mm. i believe but that that meteor that was just rare yeah like, I, I don't even care if it was like a, a satellite crashing down that would have been cool anyway yeah <laughs> oh nice like, i mean i kind of get what you mean um i mean the amount of times that i do, I do a lot of stargazing just because what me and my brother used to do as a whole um i'm often sending messages throughout all of my uh, messenger basically saying, hey, everyone, look at the sky tonight. The moon's going to be weird. Um, but I, it's one of those ones that I, I kind of get what you mean. Like, you can stargaze as much as you like. And the phrase once in a lifetime is something that's been stretched kind of beyond reality because technically it's true. Like, it, you, you know, there can be a variation of a super rare blood wolf moon and you can be like, wow, that's really cool. It's like once in a lifetime, it only comes like every 75 years. Then in about the next year or next two years over, all of a sudden they'll be like, 
Oh, there's another super rare blood moon that won't happen for another 75 years. I'm yeah. just trying to find a couple of blood red moons or something. Yeah, but they're all different. That's the thing. They're, they're all different, and they're all technically once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Yeah. But if you're having, like, lots of once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, basically, looking up. When was the last solar eclipse we had? I cannot remember. Was yeah, it no, that was last year or a couple of years ago? Hmm. Was it a whole solar eclipse or was it only partial? I, don't, I honestly don't remember. All I know is, is the last sort of like eclipse I remember seeing was quite like, um, you know, covered all over the media and stuff. So we were seeing tons of pictures of it. And I believe it was on the news at some point. Hmm. Um, I just remember seeing this amazing, amazing photo. Someone had a really good camera lens and managed to zoom right in there. Yeah. Oh. I remember seeing one back in 2004, and it was because it was, I was in year four, very easy to remember. Um, my teacher was kind of a dick, because he came and was like, oh, there's, there's going to be like a full, full eclipse, uh, and it's essentially something that he wanted us all to experience. So he's like, I've got these, these special pair of sunglasses, the special like blackout sunglasses, you know, so you can look at the sun without it like completely just destroying your eyes. <laughs> um, he didn't tell me not to put them on before I got outside. <laughs> and I full on put them on and walked straight into a door oh. in front of the whole class before <laughs> stumbling outside and looking for the sun, which I found, but it was still one of those, like, huh. <laughs> it was quite cool because we were able to, like, look at the sun and watch it actually, like, come into view. We were given, like, the time to actually just completely witness the whole thing. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> So I've done a bit more research and going back to our interstellar comet, which of course is what the I stands for, um, it was expected to reach its closest point to the sun on the 8th of December at a grand distance of 190 million miles. Ooh. I don't know whether it's a um, distance from the centre of the sun because obviously as the sun is a constant, constantly changing surface of... Um, of fiery explosions i don't know how you measure a distance from the sun do you mention do you measure it from the center or from the highest point of the largest solar boom uh, i have no I... idea how measurements work i once tried i tried to wait i once googled like you know how long is a light year you know yeah. how far is a light year i was just hoping for simple measurements like in in, in miles like simple miles but it, no it gave me fucking maths i was not on that mm. <laughs> <laughs> i cannot do math do not challenge me i just want to know this thing don't make me do equations so um, something that I wanted to mention just briefly, although it's not to do with um, real stuff happening in space or on our planet, there is a new BBC series that's coming out. And I was wondering if you guys latched on to what I'm talking about. Uh, what is it? It is War of the Worlds. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm really excited for that. Yes. Is it, wait, hasn't it already come out? I can't remember. Um, no, no. I think it's coming out very soon. Yeah, it's coming out and it's like a free parcel. You were here when we ended up watching um, the trailers. They had the Spanish trailer stitched onto the English. Yeah, I could have sworn it said it was coming out on the 6th. It's already the 9th. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's already out, but um, I'm definitely going to give it a look and I'm, I imagine you guys probably will too. Might be worth yeah, talking about as, a, as an extraterrestrial episode, although we've covered the aliens before. 
But in terms of um, space or anything like that, is there anything unexplainable that you guys have come across, whether it's finding it online or if you've encountered it yourself? I reckon... It's not like I've encountered it. It's not like... uh, I'm extremely fascinated by black holes in particular. I think they are the coolest thing about space. But it's like... they are strange in general. There are so many strange different things about it. And I've done lots of research on them in the past. And I don't know if I was to ever die by space, it would be a black hole. You know, I would love to just charge right into one and see what happens. Assuming, yeah, I was going to say, assuming you had the choice, because <laughs> I, I think that space in itself, it's quite scary. It is terrifying, yeah. but it's like the sort of, enchanting kind yeah. of terrifying it's this infinite blackness you'll see you might see stars but it's like you could look in you know, any direction it's just dark yeah it's but, like oh. <laughs> um but one thing i was wondering with black holes is how scientists have actually determined what a black hole does seeing as our closest one like you say was uh was uh was a picture that was taken so many million billion miles away and um what what was amazing was the first image that was released of that black hole the only image that was released of it like i see it on like the news and stuff and you know you've just got this bright orange blurry ring and stuff and you can see it's obviously got a black center and it's like okay that's our first black hole however i saw an image on another website of it completely zoomed out like the, the full framed picture i was like that's not the original image so it's so tiny in this image. It's a cluster of stars, all of the same sort of like shade of orange. Mm. And they, they've got like a, a red circle just pointing out where the black hole was in that image. And it was like, Jesus. They, they really strained themselves using all them telescopes to get that picture. If so, yeah. I'm being brutally honest here, like, I, and I'm not like immediately found out if you like I was going to let you get back to the bit in the thing yes, right. one of the things that always makes me wonder because you know how they've started to get these photos yeah that's one thing that they can you know show to us and go look this is it right yeah. outside of that they have observations and notes mm. that they've never actually been able to put anything into practice or do it. it's not as if they've been like you know what Let's send a little beacon inside it and see what happens. <laughs> they have all these theories and all of this knowledge about what they do because they've watched things happen in regards to black holes eating things. Yeah. But I, I, I reckon they... I reckon with the rise in technology, it also helped them be able to capture this image just because um, how they did it was they... They united all the world's telescopes um, together to be able to get this image, but they had to sync them up, and they had to take this, the a series of images like very, very specifically at a certain point in time. So it had to be obviously like clear skies and whatnot. Um, but there was also um, I can't remember how many images they had to take, but it was just there was loads, and the 
data they stored was so large they could they had to physically have them on like hard drives like uh like floppy disks or thing you know like they couldn't store it on computers so that was, that was quite interesting i thought yeah. that goes to show the lengths they went to just to get that one image it's really cool so just to clarify a black hole if um if my science is correct it's where a star has gone one of two ways yeah. It's, isn't it where Absolutely, it goes into yeah. supernova and then it either goes down into a black hole or it then shrinks down into a yeah, white dwarf, is about, it? It's all about the density, I think. It's, um, oh, I can't remember who was saying it. It was like, if our sun was to turn into a black hole, I think it would have to be like a certain amount more denser than it is at the moment. Yeah. Or some shit like that. The uh, black hole we've got the image of is oh, it's like so and so million times the mass of our sun. Mm. Like, it's fucking crazy. I love it. So, I love like the idea of it's numbers. really hungry. We've got room to just like, you know what? I'm going to have a little bit of a munch. And then it's just unsatisfied munchies. Like Kirby on crack. Yeah, <laughs> is this like exactly. the most. Is this like the most giant version of intergalactic hungry, hungry hippo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, darling, that means there's other players that we haven't seen yet. <laughs> They're all different <laughs> colours. But um, so, so yeah. But some would need to go to a red giant, wouldn't it, before it then goes supernova? And I believe so. Yeah. So, if our sun was to even go into a black hole, we'd be long since dead and consumed oh, yeah. by the sun because it would have pretty much consumed most of the planets within our solar system yeah i, I believe that stephen hawking also said um it would take you know millions and millions of years for a black hole to finally die and how it would die is apparently it would explode and release what he called hawking radiation the cheeky bastard like it was pretty cool though it's like think about it he he just ate too much and he got full and he just exploded it's so cartoonish Ooh, but what but what if we are in bear with a constant circle where the last black hole that exploded was the big bang and did create our known existence you see i have thought about this plenty of times i because here's the i can contemplate black holes i can contemplate the idea that the universe is always expanding right now it's getting ever so bigger and bigger but what i can never ever contemplate and wrap my head around is the idea that before the big bang there was nothing like how do you contemplate that sort of nothingness like that's crazy so i thought eh, sorry to sort of take my mind off a little bit you know get the edge off it's like maybe it was just like another black hole that exploded in another universe for another lifetime or some shit you know yeah because there is there can't be infinite space where space is conf- constantly expanding so maybe it is just a situation of space expands and somehow this is in conjunction with a black hole that eats and eats and eats and eats and when it does explode it just starts that process all over again yeah but here's the thing it's like how if if a black hole explodes like that would it have the same amount of force as the big bang do you reckon maybe not maybe was to be that huge to be able to spread all this matter and and radiation and stuff to create like all the life in the universe like would a black hole hold hold that power well i I don't know because it depends on how much it eats so going back to uh, kind of molding into it one of the theories around this um this intergalactic um meteor that that's shaped like a cigar 
uh, one of the theories is that it has exactly the same amount of projectile force to slingshot its way around the sun and head back to its original origin point and then just do it again and again and again almost like i can't remember the name of um the the impossible uh uh system where it just creates energy from itself and it never stops but what if it was a similar thing so the black hole would be able to eat exactly the right amount to then just reset it but going back to what you were saying if the black hole didn't get enough then what if the universe started off maybe seventy thousand big bangs ago before the one that we knew and the universe is just getting ever so slightly smaller and smaller and smaller each time until god knows what yeah maybe the universe tried multiple times to create the perfect species <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're it. <laughs> I think it might have to try again. Uh, we're not the perfect organism. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Uh, but who's to say there aren't organisms out there that are more perfect than we are? Exactly. I mean, going yeah. back to the, um, was it the Nordics? Um, they were one of the uh, intergalactic races that I um, investigated with you guys the last time you guys were on. Well, they, the ones that looked like elves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that they were the perfect ones and preached peace and things like that. Maybe they are the the ones and they'll talk of the coming destru destruction and it won't. Maybe the black hole is sentient. Maybe we have to join with them or suffer a fate worse than death is disintegration yeah, by matter i'd like to give the black holes that we know of in our universe proper names not just all these like code names like sagittarius a i mean that's kind of a cool name but i'd like something like big mama you know or flaky because it's what it's going to do to us yeah <laughs> i think one of the coolest things about black holes is just how they sort of operate in general like the the force of gravity and and stuff like that i find all that stuff super interesting yeah like uh like learning about um have you seen the movie interstellar i haven't no well that's a brilliant movie when it comes to the sort of like black hole kind of dynamic it, um it, you know it's a it's a christopher nolan movie it's very good it's a, a guy who goes to space and stuff like that Finding Earth a new home, proper space adventure. But there's a black hole in it called Gargantua, and the the astrophysicist that um, was, I think, an executive producer on the film. He was tasked with creating the equations of this certain black hole that they wanted in the movie, and he managed to get all the maths down, send it to some clever, like you know, editors and things like that, and they managed to create this perfect, like, black hole that's got this really cool disc it's like uh so you think of when you think of a typical black hole it's got like a black center and there's a disc around it or flame and gas and stuff but it's it's not just like a spiraling thing it's uh a disc that goes around it and over it and under it but it's all one disc sort of thing it's right. really fucking weird that's the bending of light from the gravity and stuff which i yeah. find really cool to look at so if you were to if i was to try and hide behind it behind the black hole and you were on the other side we'd be able to see each other even though we're on the other side because oh. the light would bend us around and be like oh hello <laughs> that's cool um so just finishing up with uh, what badger sent to me in terms of the uh the meteorite apparently it's going to be within our solar system at least for the next twenty thousand years huh. so i wonder if it's going to get caught up with um Oh, which, 
was it um, Saturn or Jupiter that basically hoards all the meteors and sends them off in another direction? Oh, so you think that like to... Saturn or whatever is going to come in the way and just slap the shit out of? <laughs> yeah, it's like because one one of our big you know gas giants. I believe they're both gas giants. Either way, one of them is um, basically meteors would come around and it would get caught in the gravity of that whichever planet it was and would send them shooting off in another direction basically although it still keeps off like orbiting it um but then like yeah it's, it's really cool i saw um, a little gif of it somewhere i'm gonna see if i can find it <laughs> oh, cool. so um i don't know if you guys got any uh, more to add to our space story but i think we're going to finish up in terms of that but i wanted to add something that um spud and i had started to do just before badger joined us and it's doing a bit of a tribute to a fantastic holiday that's coming up at the end of the month. And as we were reminded by um, by Badger, it is a holiday that's meant to go on for a month. Um, Badger, I've, I've got something spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky, spooky. I can combine the two. Go for it. Let, let me think about it, because I'm I, not going to lie, I proper just zonked out. <laughs> I, was, I, was a bit, I was thinking about it. I was like... They don't actually have any evidence of the Big Bang. No. And I was like, so if there's no proof of the Big Bang, what was before the Big Bang? And if the Big Bang caused an expanding space, where did anything actually, come Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Big Bang proof is in the radiation that stems from a specific region in space. That so, yeah, so it shows that it exploded. No, but it doesn't show anything. That, that's the thing. All they got is observations. Because it was so long ago... There is yeah. no way you can see it as it happens. It's yeah. a hypothetical that comes from watching the redshift expansions um, and the way that the analysis has been taken from everything that we've seen so far. It's trying to reverse engineer that, that they've gone, okay, so this is kind of what would happen. And how, how is there something, if not nothing? Hmm. But isn't that the question? Like, what's your theory? Do you, so, I think, uh, if you're going to run on a black hole theory and the black holes explode, surely that would change the way. Like, why did the Big Bang happen? Why hasn't there been a second Big Bang? Well, that's the thing. Well, we if could, our theory uh, is... We could be many Big Bangs in. Yeah, I mean, if our theory yeah. is correct, then it takes a black hole to explode in order to start the next Big Bang. Yeah, but this is this is what I'm saying. So, like, if one explosion can cause something, yeah, like one bang can cause something, you can't reverse engineer back to when you originally would have seen the first one because anything that would have then happened afterwards could have changed the circumstances. Possibly, and there's all, let, let's we've also got the whole like, um, oh, what was it? Gravity and how it affects time. And things like that, what we perceive to be time, that can. There's always really loads of theories. I like that one. Do you know about the whole anti-aging thing that the astronauts, that if they go up into space, yeah, yeah, it's all the That's what they did in the movie Interstellar, as I mentioned earlier. They took yeah. the extreme when it came to gravity. So there's like a planet that's like <laughs> super, like, I can't remember how, I think it was like 
super strong in terms of gravity compared to Earth. They go down there and they're all like, oh, one hour on this planet is like 20 years on Earth, or no, seven yeah. years back on Earth. They take that to the extreme, but that is a real thing. Like, That's um, a very real thing. Space stations, like... I, I can't remember the math exactly, but there will be like a slight age difference. Not much, but there, it is there. And like, um, which hypothetically means that it, it goes outwards as you leave further. So if they went out and were spending like a week out in a random void space near Mars before deciding to come I mean, back, you can test. You can test this like back here on Earth. Like it's just part of Einstein's theory of relativity. You could literally get an, uh, two atomic watches, right? If I was to wear one, you were to wear one, and go up like a huge flight of stairs, like a block on a you know block of flats or something. Um, and you come back down, we'd find that the uh, the watches would be out of sync, like because of the the height, the further up you go, the, the more different the gravity is. Yeah. It's. So why do atomic watches work off gravity anyway? Well, I think because um, I think like because you know atomic watches are meant to sort of um, correct the time in the sort of zone that you're in. Mm. So if you're higher up in the sky. Uh, or, or you're further away from the ground, it will sort of sync up to that. Because I reckon it would work in planes as well. Yeah. That's the concept. You know, uh, ultimately, I just don't like it. I'm a person who <laughs> likes having like securities. I like being able to look at my life and go, look, that is my dog. <laughs> Here, dog. I don't like looking at space and being like, come here, space. Wait, what are you, space? <laughs> I just... <laughs> I love it and hate it at the same time. It's two completely different. It is one of the like coolest and scariest things. Space is full of cool and scary shit. That that you can that you can take away from all this. <laughs> like like Tyranids, the the space alien from Warhammer. Oh, like, imagine yeah. if they're real, right? You can't tell me that they're not. You've got no proof. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to start saying they're real, I'm going to say that they have a real chance of beating the Necrons. <laughs> I mean, the Necrons would come and let's just face it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't pay out the way you think it would. <laughs> anyway, so, um, Badger, did you say you had something spooky? Oh, I mean, yeah, that was definitely the space bit. If you don't okay. find space, it's a little bit spooky. Have you seen what happens if you go up there without breath? Uh, <laughs> without breath? Oh, <laughs> no, I went up to space and I was holding my breath the whole time. I was silly, really. Just, yeah, hold your breath, you'll be fine. <laughs> hold your breath and count to ten, no, just like Daddy told. Trying to rip out your lungs. That's where Guardians of the Galaxy got it right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no worries. Well, what we're going to do is, um, uh, against my original plan, because we, we have uh, almost hit the uh, recording limit for our little app here, uh, we're gonna fi- we're gonna finish up with you guys tonight, and then we're gonna quickly, if you guys are alright, to start a what I'm now gonna very quickly name a uh, lead up to Halloween special, which will be a nice short episode, but we'll go over some of the lore leading up to the holiday that is Halloween. If you guys are down with that, that sounds awesome. I'm down. Sweet. So thank you very much for joining us for this very outer space episode yes. of the Better Show. Thank you very much, Spud, and thank you very much, Badger. We'll see you guys very soon, hopefully Cheers, for a while. We'll see you guys, like, in a second for our halloween special. So, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us at our Facebook page, Better Show, spelled B-E-T-T-A Show. 
And you can also find us on our new Instagram page, The Better Show, spelled all in lowercase with those weird little dashy things in between. Also, we're going to be at our M- uh, MCM Comic Con October event. We're going to be going on the Saturday, and you'll be able to find us there all dressed up as various versions of the Joker, giving out business cards, and hoping to build a bit more of a fan base. So hopefully see you guys there. Regardless of whether it is an evening, a afternoon, a morning, or just a life, I hope you guys have a very good one, and we'll see you guys during the next episode.